sit downstairs. We're going to Yud Aleph other now. Megillah Nikres, Yud Aleph, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Shemayim started reading the Megillah. So whatever is going on in Shemayim comes out to us, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asking us right now to sing the Megillah with him before the time. And like I told you guys, I'm afraid, in fact, we have Rabbi Yaakov Klein here, up and coming uh, star. A person who has thousands and thousands of followers already. It's already a revolution, a movement, a beautiful movement that I, uh, I invite you guys to join. And this is just the first of uh, being together with the Yaakov Clever, it's an absolute honor and privilege to be able to sit here with you. Yuda Aleph. Already Perm is in the air a little bit. And there's always that ability to utilize the days that are leading up to a Chag for Hachana. To prepare as best as we can, it doesn't simply mean to buy a costume and to make sure that we have what to eat for the Suda. But it means internal Hachana because the Yamim Tovim are essentially internal. And what they are, even more than an experience, getting together family and friends and su'udas and so on. But there's something that these chagim are supposed to do to us. We're supposed to enter them one way and leave them another way. And that takes hachana, that takes preparation. And the Pasuk says in the Megillah, The king, on a simple level referring to Achashverosh, acted in accordance with the, with the directive or the advice of Memuchan, which is Haman. But Rav Baruch Meshbetzer, the Tzadikim teach that anytime we see the word Hamelech in the Megillah, it's a reference to Malko Shel Olam, to the master of the world. And he says the word Memuchan, which is a name, can also be rooted in the concept of preparation, Hachana. And so you can read the Pasuk, Vayas Hamelech, the master of the world is giving us Kidvar memuchan in accordance with how much we're preparing. And so I bless us all that we should build vessels tonight, in the next couple of days leading up to Purim, to build strong internal vessels. We're going to talk a little bit about how to do that tonight. The Machshava Dibur Maisa in the short time that we have together. And it's a privilege, like I said, to sit in your presence. I want to thank Rav Mo, I want to thank the Anhal of the Yeshiva for making this possible, Bichlal. But to build Kalin. So that ultimately when we get to Purim, we should be able to bring into our neshamas that exalted, exalted light, that unimaginable light that changes everything. And so if you'll join me, Be'ezer Hashem, with the help of the Master of the World, we're going to be able to accomplish a tremendous amount.
faster. I'm not sure how many of you know it. It's a little bit of, a, of an unknown, a little bit of a hidden song, but it's easy to catch on. I hope that you'll join me. And it goes like this. Sigma, 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 Sigma,
חיים, חבר חיים. Okay, so b'siyat d'shmaya, I don't know what's going on with the mic. I'm gonna try to hold it a little bit, just so that uh, that everybody can hear me. And we're going to talk with the help of the master of the world tonight about Purim on three levels: all of Yiddishkeit, all of Judaism, all of this endeavor and this enterprise that our holy nation has been engaged in for thousands of years, and that we're a link in that chain. Maybe the last link, I hope so. Until the coming of Mashiach, he should come tonight, he should come tomorrow. He's been, he's been coming. All of Yiddishkeit really is intended to be engaged with on three levels. There's the level of machshava, there's the level of thought, there's the level of dibur, of speech, and there's the level of maisa, of action. All of Yiddishkeit, the whole Avodah Hashem, you can basically split any aspect of it into one of these three categories. The aspect of thought, the aspect of speech, and the aspect of action. These can themselves be hinted to in Al-Shloisha, Devarim Ha'olam Oymi, that the world stands on three things. Torah, Avodah, Gmilz Chasadim. Torah is Machshava, is thought. Avodah is the Karbanis, Tfilah is Kenega, the Karbanis, that's Dibor. And then Gmilz Chasadim is Maisa's action. And so when we come to approach Purim, when we come to a Yantif, we have to prepare ourselves in the way of Ayas HaMelech Kedvar Memuchan so that the Master of the World should give us what our hearts are so open for, so ready for. Particularly after the year that we had, what kind of year we had, we're so ready for the light of Purim. We need it desperately. And Hashem has prepared it for us. But we need to have that preparation in the way of Machshava, Dibor, and Maisa, these three modes of preparation. So first, let's begin with machshava. First, let's begin with trying to understand what is the message of Purim. Not just well, what's the message of the story, that it was a nace and it was a miracle, a nace. Besoch teva, that's also part of it, we'll get to that. But on the deepest, most relevant sense of what this Chag has to say to me and you in 2021, what's Purim all about? What is the energy that's coming down in this 24-hour period? That's unique to this 24-hour period alone. That there's a certain spiritual energy that's revealed that we can tap into and bring into our actual lives to change something. What's the message of Purim? It should be clear to us all that the message of Purim is encapsulated in the concept of Netzach, eternity. We just sang that Pasuk just now. Chu'asam hayisa la'netzach. That our salvation, the salvation of Purim is eternal means that it reaches until the end of time. The Arizal says a phenomenally amazing thing. He says many of us are familiar with the concept that after the 6,000 millennia, after the 6,000 years, there's going to be a 7,000th, which is the concept of Shabbos. Yom Shekulo Shabbos, which we make reference to in tefillah, in benching. The Arizal says that after that period of the 7,000th, which is Shabbos, there's going to then be a period of time called the Yom Shekulo Yomtiv. And after the Yom Shekulo Yantiv, says the Arizal, there's going to be a segment of time that's called the Yom Shekulo Purim, and that will be forever. That means that the ultimate, the pinnacle of what we're trying to get to is Purim, is the light of Purim, is the light that's revealed each and every year once more, that same miraculous energy. That like a Shabbos clock, you know, it ticks around and around and around, and it gets to that point where there's a little pin, and the lights go on. Every single year, that same pin is Purim. There are other pins. Pesach, Sukkot, Shavuos. There are other pins. But when it comes to Purim, there's the light of Netzach, of the absolute ultimate purpose and goal and premise of creation. And when I say premise, I'm trying to point out that Netzach doesn't only go in one direction. It doesn't just go into the future. But Netzach means eternity, infinity expressed in time. Netzach, forever eternal, forward-moving, but Netzach, moving backwards as well. Purim, the ultimate, ultimate end of our story, must necessarily be wrapped up in the beginning of our story and in the premise of our story. What is our story? What is our mission? So, Mamash, we have to begin literally at the beginning. The force that we're trying to wipe out and that we succeed in wiping out on Purim is the force of Amalek. 
That's why we lay in Parsha Zachar right before heading into Purim. Haman is descended from Amalek. And about Amalek, the Pasuk tells us, Reish's Goyim Amalek. Amalek is the head. He's the first. He's the root of all the nations. And there's only one other nation that's also expressed or referred to with this word Reish's, and that's Am Yisrael. Because the Pasuk says, and Chazal tell us, Bereish's, the very first word in the Torah, the very beginning of creation, that encapsulates the premise of creation. What's the purpose for all of this? That word Bereish's really spells Bishvil Yisrael Shenikru Ureish's. That's all encapsulated in the word Bereish's in the beginning. And the beginning must necessarily include the purpose, why did God create the world? That's all wrapped up in the word Bereish's, which should be read Bishvil Yisrael. Shenikru Reishas for the purpose of Am Yisrael, who are also called Reishas. The Svarim tell us that the, that the purpose of creation is that the master of the world, the infinite creator, the Ein Sof, that infinite being that we really can't really speak about at all, but all we know about him is what he allows us to know about him, how he reveals himself to us through his traits and his attributes. This infinite being wanted for a reason that's beyond us, completely beyond us, even though there are certain ma'alchim to try to understand why this was, but he desired to have a dira betachtonim, to have a dwelling place in the lowest realms of physicality, that we should create for him a mishkan, a dwelling place. One of the reasons is so that this can express the furthest extent of his godliness, that if he's God as God, it's one thing. It's very beautiful for him to be infinite in the spiritual realm. But if he can also settle in to the deepest and, and darkest pockets of a physical limited existence, that's the greatest expression and revelation of limitlessness of infinity to be able to become expressed into limit itself. That demonstrates the capacity for limit even in the limitless. So in a certain way, our physical world and our task of making this world a beautiful, godly place in our own lives and to change everything around us to the extent possible. And all of us are packed with such power, such tremendous, tremendous power to change in our own inner world, but to change the world at large. We can and we will. But that in that sort of creating for our Kaddish Baruch with this place, that's the extent, the ultimate extent of his greatness, of his godliness. And so he wanted to dwell in this world. And before the Chait Adam Arishan, all the way back in the beginning of creation, he did. And the Svarim teach us that ultimately, ultimately, in the very beginning, before there was sin in the world, nature, physicality was imbued and permeated with godliness. And that there was no hester, there was no concealment. It was clear to us. God was bursting from every particle of physicality. It was abundantly clear to us. When a person walked through a park and he saw a tree, it was clear that God was revealing himself through this tree. It was bursting out. God wasn't silent. There was nothing louder than God. That other Mauritian, Kodam Achet, was subsumed within God, even within the physical world. He was able to perceive the godliness in every particle of physicality. That was Kodam Achet. And then came the Nachash, just to tell our story a little bit. Then came the Nachash. It's a thousand-year story. I'll try to be Mekatsar a little bit. But then came the Nachash. And the Nachash compelled Chava first and then Adam to eat from the Chet, to eat from the Eitzadas, to perform the Chet Eitzadas, to deviate from the express will of the master of the world, that one thing that they had to do right, which should be clear to all of us that any taiva that any of us ever had or will have or had in the past or of any person was all wrapped up into that one chayt. I mean, if this is the one thing, so can you imagine what kind of incredible, incredible desire there was to do this one thing that wasn't, that wasn't allowed, that was forbidden. And at that moment, the shechina was nostalgic. At that moment, that other Mauritian utilized his bechira, it's a big conversation, did he have bechira, didn't he have bechira? But at that moment that he took that bite from that fruit of that tree, the godliness that was permeated and bursting through this world left, it was nostalgic. And this world became a world of Hester, of hiddenness. Chazal tell us, where is Haman rooted? 
Haman minatorim inayin, already in the Eitz Adas Tovera, Hamin Eitz. God comes to Adam and he says, did you eat from the tree, Hamin Eitz? That word Hamin, which means from the tree, can be rearranged, or the Nukudas can be altered to spell Haman. Haman is already rooted all the way, all the way in the beginning of our story, because again, Purim is the beginning and all the way reaches to the very, very end. And so it's got to be rooted in the, in the, in the mamash, the roots, the roots, the roots of our tale. Hamina eats, Haman. The Nachash is Amalek. That force that's rooted in the beginning, Rashi's Goyim Amalek, in the beginning. And then the Avasar Kedoshim came to the world, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Slowly but surely, each of them in their own way with mighty efforts to get their ego out of the way, to clear their channel. Bishvil Yisrael doesn't only mean for the purpose of Am Yisrael, but a shvil is a path. So Bishvil Yisrael, each of us have a path. And we have to try to clear it so that God can be present within our lives and express himself through us, so to speak, to be messengers for him. Bishvil Yisrael. The Abbas HaKadoshim came to the world and started to shine a little bit more of that godliness that had left. First Avram, Midas HaChesed, one element came back. Yitzchak Avinu, Midas HaGavura, Yaakov, and so on, and the Shvatim. Ultimately, ultimately, we come to the Mishkan. And the Mishkan means that all of a sudden, if godliness is not bursting from every particle of physicality like it was Kodam Achek, but at least there's one place where it's clear to us that God is real, where there's an all ol- moed, where there's a place that we can go into this Mishkan and we can see Nisim and we can perceive God's presence and He can speak to us, so to speak. Through this Indian of Mishkan, Mishkan is Milashon Shechina, to dwell. And so the Mishkan represented a huge step forward, a gigantic step forward. In terms of trying to bring creation back to what it was, Kodamachet. What was the Mishkan made out of? What were the walls of the Mishkan that held up all the tapestries above? What a beautiful thing the Mishkan was. If you see illustrated pictures, a beautiful place. Really beautiful with illustrations and pictures of animals. It was, it was glorious. Those pillars were called Krushim. Krushim means... Pillars, Keresh is a pillar. Now the word Keresh, those three letters, Keresh, can be rearranged to spell Kesher, a bond. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is communicating to us and telling us to build the Mishkan, the place of His dwelling presence, indwelling presence to create that out of Kroshim, pillars, that can be rearranged to spell Kesher, a bond. The master of the world is saying, hey, you know how you're going to make for me a little Mishkan in this world? By realizing that you have it within yourself to be mikasher, to bind heaven and earth. That you have it within your ability to draw the highest levels of spirituality, godliness, infinity, down into this dira, into this little dwelling place, if you'll allow me in to your lives. Vimachshava, dibor and maisa. To follow the Torah, not just the law, but the spirit of the law. To live as a Jew. To live with God consciousness, to live as a shliach of the master of the world, that it's about him and it's not about us in any way. It's about our work for him. Atem Eidai, God says, you are my witnesses. To testify to the world that there's still objective morality out there somewhere. And that we're not animals, but that we can overcome. We can succeed in bringing him down into this place. Hashem says, you have that built within your essence, that you are by nature of your very being. And your deepest identity, ksharim, knots. That you're able to tie heaven and earth, like a share. That the Mishkan is made out of Krushin. The Keresh, the beam in and of itself, reaches to the top and all the way down to the bottom. That signifies our ability to make not just the Mishkan physically, but Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, to build a Mishkan within our hearts, to draw from the highest place all the way to the ceiling spiritually, all the way down into our lives. That's the Indian of the Kesher. This is also hinted to in Yaakov Avinu's dream when he sees a Sulamutza of Arza, this ladder that the top reaches heaven and the bottom part of the ladder reaches the earth. Yaakov was seeing a metaphoric reflection of himself, what a Jew is. What the ideal Jew is, is a ladder. That's feet are firmly implanted into this world. Not meditating on a mountain somewhere, you know, for a thousand years. Mamish to live in this world. Because Hashem may bless us all to be parents, 
to be husbands, to be parents. And to live in this world of mamish, to be able to utilize every aspect and facet of existence, but to be mekadesh, to sanctify it with the rosho magia hashamayma, the inyan of a kesher, the inyan of a keresh for the mishkan, to enable HaKadosh Baruch Hu to dwell within our lives, dear betachtonim, in this low place. And that's what we daven for, isn't it? When we say at the end of Yedid Nefesh, ta'ir eretz mechvodecha, that the earth should be illuminated, bursting with God's presence. This is our mission. This is our collective mission from the beginning of time. Beshvil Yisrael that we should be a shvil. And what all of the tzaddikim and the avasakdoshim, generation after generation, are toiling is to further bring God down to utilize every every aspect of the human experience possible in all of our unique settings and circumstances generationally so that we conquer the whole world for God and that there's not one element of existence that's possible that hasn't been sanctified in some sense through one halacha or through one mitzvah or through one aspect of the human condition. Taught your Eretz Mechvodecha that the earth, physicality, artsiyas, should be bursting with God's light, with God's presence. And what's the Rosh Hashanah of taught your Eretz Mechvodecha? So Rosh is Emes. Emes. Emes is a very interesting word. We know that in Hebrew, words aren't just words, but we have to really look deeply at what are the letters of the words. And even beyond that, what are, what are the letters themselves composed of? Aleph, for example, is two yuds, a yud on top and a yud on bottom, and a vav in the middle. And then within the vav itself, we can start to figure out what's the vav composed of, and it's infinite. Every single letter, there's infinite, infinite, infinite meaning and depth. Infinite. Rechava minayam. The tar is so vast. But on a basic level, MS is a unique word because the letters from the Aleph base that it contains span the entire Aleph base. The word starts with the letter Aleph, which is the first letter. The Mem is the middle letter of the Aleph base. And then the Tuf is the final letter of the Aleph base. And so Ta'ir Eretz Michvodecha, that we want to go ahead and allow the lowest realms, the aspect of Tuf, the lowest letter, furthest away from the beginning of the Aleph Beis, the Indian of Bishul Yisrael, Shanikurash, godliness, Aluf Yishel Olam, the master of the world, the chief of existence. Aluf is a chief. Aleph is Hashem. We want to draw that all the way down, 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 all the way down, Mamish, into the, into the Tuf. And that's what MS is. MS represents, in and of the word itself, represents the broadest span of nitzchius, of eternality. The broadest, broadest reach. The broadest consciousness. To be able to think, what is life about? What are we here for? Our generation, and all the souls in this room, certainly, deep, deep down inside, are yearning to be connected to the all. To the all. We're not sufficing anymore with the little bits and pieces of uh, Mishnah Bura here and a piece from Aral there and, you know, Apasuk and Chumash Rashi. We want everything. We need everything because that's our generation, the final generation. We have to tie it all together. Rosh Hashanah used to say, he says, it's not that we have planes so now we're able to meet more people than ever before. It's because we needed to meet that many more people that Hashem made planes. You understand? Our generation is tying together Gilgulim and unbelievable things that have stories that have been ranging and spanning thousands of years. This is our dar. And so we desperately want to be connected to the all, to the all. Not to live one moment or to do one mitzvah that's not l'shem yichud kuchibrichu shchinte b'shem kol Yisrael. Really to attach to the broadest premise of what we're in this world for. It's not enough just to make sure we have the checklist Yiddishkeit, you know, do what we need to do, come to shachar sometime. What shachras? Never to forget what we're connected to, to previous generations, all the way back to pre-chetadas. That every moment and every thought and every, every word and every action should be connected to the all, to the all. And that's emness, is a big, broad-minded consciousness, not to sweat the small stuff. You understand, the person who lives with that broad-minded, eternality consciousness, so the small things, the stupidities of life, they don't, they don't get us down, they don't bother us so much. Because we realize that we're connected to something so broad and that every moment of life counts. That blessed soul, we should live to 120 in good health and happiness. But, but life is short, Sachakol. Even 120 years, it goes by quickly. To utilize every moment to the best of our ability to connect 
to that ultimate, ultimate purpose of why we're here. And that's Emes, Aleph, to Mem, to Tav, it's everything. It's the furthest back in the past, it's the deepest in the future. The Pasuk says, Kiyod al ka. A hand is on the chair of God. A hand is on the chair of God. Rashi tells us, it's a lashon of Shavuah. When a person makes a swear, right, or takes a swear, a Shavuah, he places his hand on something. And so there's a Shavuah that God makes. Kiyod al ka. There's a hand on the chair of God, on the Kisya Kavod. Milchemes Hashem ba'amalik midar dar. There's a multi-generational battle against the force of Amalek that again was the Nachash in the very beginning of creation that what did he try to do? He tried to cause the Shechina to leave and that we've been toiling mightily to bring the Shechina back down. Milchemes Hashem ba'amalek, again, midar dar. Multi-generationally from the beginning of time all the way, all the way, all the way until the end of time. Our arch enemy, our nemesis. The parallel of Am Yisrael and Sitra Acher in the, in, the, in the side of impurity. Say Chazal, what's the connection? And where do you find such a word, case? Which we translate as kise, but there's a letter that's missing. It's just Chaf and Samach, where's the Aleph? And Chazal tell us that also the next word, Ka, Kiyad al Ka, there's a hand on the chair of God. That should also be Yud Ke Vav Ke. There's two letters missing from that word as well. And Chazal tell us that this is exactly what Amalek does. Amalek truncates the concept of Kisei to steal away that lower letter, so to speak, that finality of that expression of Hashem's chair. A chair is what a person uses to settle into something. God wants to settle into this world. Yoshev Tehilos Yisrael. God sits on us, so to speak. Amalek takes away that Aleph to say that process is not going to come to ultimate fruition within the life of a Jew. Amalek cuts out that letter. The chair of God is not complete. And the name of God is not complete as long as Amalek's in the world. If the Yud K, the first half of God's essential name, refers and corresponds to what's called in the Sfarim, the Alma de Eskasia, a hidden world, the spiritual realm beyond, but the Vav K is the lower realms. And Amalek says, none of that. Not necessarily that we don't believe in God. But the concept that God has a connection to a specific nation and desires to dwell within this world and that there's a nation that's been sent down to this world that's uniquely different in Am Yishkan, a separate nation from all the other nations of the world that are tasked with the ability to bring God into this world and to spread a consciousness of seeing nature not as covering God up but of revealing Him in the deepest way. Amalek says, we're cutting off the ishtalshalus, the continuation of that process of the yud to the hay, and then ultimately the vav and the k down to this world. Amalek cuts that out. Fascinatingly, we find an amazing thing that if these three letters are what Amalek blemishes, how remarkable is it that the wicked characters of the Megillah story are named Achashverish, Haman, and Vashti is Rashatevis, Aleph from Kisei and Vavhei, from Yudkei Vavkei. Achashverish is the Aleph, that's the Kisei, that's the Aleph missing from Kisei, and Vashti and Amun is the Vavkei that blemish those two letters of godliness. And literally, we begin the, the Megillah this way, Vayhi bimei Achashverish, who? Achashverish, what's this who business? Again and again and again you find throughout the Megillah these words, who? Who? This word, hey, Vav, Aleph, is again the three letters that are missing from Kisei and Yudke Vavke. This is what Amalek is all about. This is what the Purim story is all about to blemish these three words. But these three letters, rather, these three letters spell a word. And the word that they spell is Eva. Eva. Aleph Vavhe is a Hebrew word that means. What does it mean, Chevra? Who knows? What does it mean, Eva? Huh? I heard something. That's right. Someone's whispering it. But he's absolutely right. To desire. And the Pasuk says, Ki bachar Hashem b'tzion. HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose Tzion, Zion. Where we're sitting, Mamash, right now, Eretz Yisrael. Ki bachar Hashem b'tzion. God chooses this place. Eva l'mosha alone. God desires to dwell here. Eva. 
The primary desire of God, so to speak, is to dwell within us, is to dwell within the world through us, to utilize all of our individuality, the talents that we have, our uniqueness, our own circumstances, our past, our present, our future, the all of us, our identity, to become a channel to bring Him down into this world, to conquer the world for God. God desires us, and Amalek blemishes that union of desire and tells us there's no hope. You're finished, Am Yisrael, if you've sinned, if you've eaten from the suit of Achashverosh, already we can attack you. And already, it's chet etzadas, I mean, come on, there's good and evil, and you're already connected to evil by eating from the tree, and so you're finished. And God no longer is going to utilize you as a channel for His godliness to dwell amongst you. And this is the consciousness of, okay, like if you're doing good, and if you're doing what you're supposed to do, and if you're a good boy, if you're connected to the concept of tov in the eight hadas tovera, so then God is with you. And there's the shechina that dwells among people that are serving God properly. But the moment that you deviate, the moment that you step out of that realm of tov, and you enter into the realm of the ra of eight hadas tovera, then already says Amalek, there's no more Eva, there's no more desire. And the Aleph of Kisei is cut off. And the Vavke of the continuation of God's desire to dwell among us is no longer. This ultimately leads to a Pegam, a blemish, in the first Kabbalah Satorah. Because the first Kabbalah Satorah wasn't complete, how do we know? Because we had to complete it for in time, where Kimu Kiblu Kfar, where we had a re-acceptance of the Torah. What was the difference between the first acceptance of the Torah and the second? The first acceptance of the Torah was out of Yira, was out of fear. And that fear was rooted very much in this Nikud of understanding that if we're doing what we're supposed to do, we have a relationship with God and otherwise, and this is what Amalek comes to tell us, and this is why Amalek attacks us, Dapka, right before Kabbalah Satorah, to inject even within the Kabbalah Satorah already the premise that we can serve the Chet Egel and be finished and wiped out. That there's no Shloshah of this week's parasha that are going to scoop in, you know, and, and, and come and save the day. But that there's nothing. That all there is is Yira. And that our relationship with God can be Yachalus conditionals dependent on how we're acting and how we're behaving, solely, completely dependent on that. And that's why we find that the whole Indian of our Sinai wasn't lasting. You find that right after Mountain Torah, Chazal tells us in Tainus, that the cows were able to graze on our Sinai. And literally minutes after God's presence descended, Vayered Hashem al Sinai, after that, it was totally, totally mundane. What's the message there? It's because the Indian of our Sinai is the whole thing, is the Indian of Moshe Rabbeinu, he's our teacher. And the Indian of a teacher is, you know, when you're a good student, he's your teacher. When you're not a good student, so he kicks you out of class and the relationship is severed. That's an effect of the attack of Amalek, that even though we vanquished him for a time, but ultimately he managed again to insert that, that eris, that poison, that ito shal nachash, that bite of the snake and that venom within us. And with this will come to the end. Purim is the exact opposite of all of this. The exact opposite of all of this. On Purim again, there's the Bechina, there's the aspect of Kabbalah Satorah Mi'ava. To be able to vanquish Amalek means that this concept that God no longer desires a person that's not exactly doing exactly what he's supposed to do exactly all the time that he's supposed to do it and a person who struggles and a person who sometimes falls and a person who's not always able to live up to his ideal that concept of Eva, of God's desire for us. To be able to wipe out Amalek means that we can be Meqabal the Torah, Me'ava, to say that our relationship with you, Master of the World, has little to do, has little to do with how it looks on paper. But it's essential. God doesn't desire us because we look so pretty or beautiful or because we're doing everything we're supposed to do, but our relationship with Him is essential. We couldn't sever it if we tried a million times. We said already that Pasav, there was a ladder that reached the skies and the bottom of the ladder reached the earth. And the Malachi, Elohim, Oilam, Yardim, that Yaakov Avinu sees that the angels are going up and down. What does that mean? That Yaakov Avinu thinks that it's possible for a Jew to get closer to God or further away from God. And from our perspective, it is. But what's the very next Pasuk? Or the end of that Pasuk? Vihine Hashem, Mitzvah, love. 
But God stood, stood above that whole scene. And that even though from our perspective, there's the Indian of Aliyah and Yerida, and there's good times and bad times and times that were in it and times that were out of it and times that were burnt out and times that were burnt in. And all the different spectrum of what it is to try to be a good Jew, quote unquote, up and down, Aliyah and Yeridas, Malach Elikim Oil in the Yardim. But Hashem is Nitzav. Nitzav means a pillar, a matseva. None of us should know from such a thing, but a person who's nifter, they put a matseva. What's a matseva? It means that it's there as an eternal signpost. It's there forever. That thousands of years later, when we're trying to find a person, Tchesamesim should be ready tomorrow, but when we're trying to find a person, the matseva is there. Vini Hashem, Nitzav, love. Yudke, Vavke. His Nitzav, love. God is with us. God is with us. Essentially, God is with us. All the time. Kabbalah Sator Ava. This is connected to the other mountain of Judaism. Not Harabai, not Har Sinai, but Harabayas. The whole Indian of Harabayas is connected to the concept not of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu has no shaykhist Harabayas. Moshe Rabbeinu, the teacher relationship that's conditional is Har Sinai decidedly. Harabayas, make no mistake, is the Avos. Avram Karihar, Yitzchak Karisada, Yaakov Karabayas, the Avos are connected to Harabayas. That's their place. What's an Av? What's a father? Because he could throw the kid out of the house a thousand times. It makes no difference. You're his son. And he's your father. And there's nothing that anybody can do to change that fact. That relationship is eternal. It's abiding. There's nothing a person could do to shake that out and to, and, and to eradicate that. That's the Indian of Harabayas. No matter who you are, Jew, non-Jew, the base tefillah, the house of God's worship is open for everybody. God is close to whoever calls out to him. Makes no difference where you are, who you are, that even though the Torah, we're not allowed to teach the non-Jews. And even though the Torah, the Pasuk says, Not everybody can access Torah. Not everybody has permission to learn Torah. But tefillah is not that way. Not that way. Tefillah, a person walks in one way and walks out shining, lichtig. It's the Indian of reawakening, recalibrating, rejuvenating that pintalayid, that little place within us that's the core of our being, that's always holy, that's always precious, that's always connected to Hashem, that's always the vessel of Hashem's eva lemoshavlo, his desire to settle within us. This is the Indian of Purim Chavra. This is the Indian to wipe this out, to mamash wipe this out. This Indian of Amalek that if he must be contrary to tut your Eretz Mechvadecha, must obviously spell Sheker. That Amalek is rooted in the Sheker, in the lie, in the delusion that God has finished with us, even though we feel as if we've done things that we couldn't imagine, that he would still care for us. But we're still around, and he still gives us life every moment. And he believes in us that we can fix. If we believe that we can break, we can believe that we can fix. That our relationship with him is abiding, is eternal to us. But Amalek tries to trap us in the Sheker, unlike MS. We see that MS is Aleph, Mem, Tav, a huge spectrum of letters, the big picture. What's Sheker? Those letters are so close to each other. It's just Shin Kufresh. Those three letters are right next to each other because he tries to capture us in the moment to lose sight of the big picture of what our eternal mission is. What is Reish's Goyim Amalek? What's the Rosh Tevis? Reish's Goyim Amalek spells Rega. To capture us in the moment to lose touch with our eternal mission. And the Pasuk says, and with this will end, Netzach Yisrael, lo yishaker. Netzach Yisrael, the eternal nature of us, of who we are, of what we are, and of our relationship with Hashem, lo yishaker, is the very opposite of that nekuda of sheker, of getting trapped in the moment to believe that God no longer has a desire for me. Netzach Yisrael, lo yishaker, lo yishaker. But that the whole thing of Purim is emes. The whole thing of Purim is to us on Yisrael and Netzach. It makes no difference how you come into Purim. But to prepare b'machshava, which we're doing now, b'machshava, to prepare, to realize that right now is shining a light that reaches far beyond the Eitz Hadas Toverah. Yom Kippur is only Yom Kippurim. It's like Purim. The Indian of Yom Kippur is still Eitz Hadas Toverah, but we're jumping from the side of Ra to the side of Tov to list all the things we did wrong. And Chataz Yibisipashati, a thousand times over, Hashem Hashem, Karachem Mechanan, and we want to repent. But the Indian of Purim Chavra, it's way beyond that. It's way beyond that. It's not about yes or no, good things, bad things. It's Adelo Yada. It's beyond the Eitz Hadas Tovara. It's Eitz Hachayim. 
It's the essential relationship that we have. The Beis HaMikdash, the Eitzachayim, that never, ever, ever, ever goes away. That flame never goes out. That flame never goes out. Akisei lo Yeshev Zar. That connection never goes away. And that's encapsulated in the Nitzachon of Purim. That it makes no difference. You're a big tzaddik or sometimes we fall and we all contain within ourselves the Indian of Ba'amechulim Tzaddik and we all have that within ourselves but sometimes we're not so successful to live up to that ideal. The Indian of Purim has zero to do with how you look when you come in. It has nothing to do with your behavior. It is illuminating and revealing the essential core root premise of who you are, what you are, the place where you're born and reborn again. We get drunk. That's our Mordechai, Baruch Haman. What do we know? What do we know what God's doing with us? What do we know? What do we know how God wants us to bring glory into the world? Sometimes Dafka through a little Bechina of Yurida, through falling and finding the courage to get back up and not to give in and not to go away when we feel that the door is shut, but to keep on banging. You know what kind of cover that brings to the master of the world and in 2021 with the phones in our pockets and the things that were, you know, access that previous generations couldn't dream of, the lowliest, terrible things. And but we're we not stop stopping to talk to him you know what kind of honor that brings maybe that's what we're called upon to do is to reveal God Dafka in that experience and to say that even here God's light reaches me that even here the Eva his desire never stops for one moment and so we get drunk and we start to bless all the bad things that happen to us because we have no conception ever of what it is that God's doing what it is that he wants us for we're little pawns in a huge game of chess that began again from the Indian of Bishvili Yisrael Shanikarejus and will bring us all the way to Chuasam Hayisa Lanetzach. And all of this is encapsulated into this day. So if we prepare B'machshava in this way to review these concepts, to remind ourselves, we said a lot, to review, to review, to remind ourselves, even if we couldn't catch everything, but the basic gist of it, that the Indian of Purim is to remind us of our connection to the Har Habayis. That even if we're not holding by Har Sinai, but Korob Hashem L'chol Korob, this brings us, and with this Mamash will finish, brings us into the Indian of Dibur, is that Mamash, the day of Purim, is a day of Tefillah. Chazal tell us, In a basic level, whoever sticks at his hand, you have to give him. And it's the same way with us and the master of the world. Is the inning of tefillah because the day of Purim is the day of tefillah. It's the day of basically, It makes no difference who you are, what you've done, where you're from, what your story is. It makes no difference. Because your story on Purim is his story, is history. It's Mamish history. It's his story. And on Purim, we have that ability to daven and to call out from the deepest depth of our being in a way of authenticity. Stop putting up a front. Stop putting on a show. Just be real. Be sincere for a minute before the master of the world. When we're drunk and our inhibition is a little bit lost and we can get in touch with who we really are deeply inside, Eva, what our Eva is, what our desire is, what we really want, what we're really here for. In the Indian of tefillah, also one of the Indianim of Dibor and Purim is the Indian of gratitude to express our thanks, not just to the master of the world, but to everyone around us. And again, the wine helps with this a little bit, to thank the Rabbein and to thank parents in a way that I'll, I'll, you'll feel a little bit uncomfortable the rest of the year. But mamish Purim, let those Diburim flow. Just think, spend the whole day thinking, expressing love to all of those around you, all of your friends, even in a way that, again, you'd feel a little bit uncomfortable any other time, but on Purim, we have that ability because it's a day of essence. It's a day ki'ilo, and again, we should all live long and happy, like I said, but it's a day as if, if a person would come to you and say, you have one hour left to do, so what are you doing? Mamash Purim is 24 hours of the quality of your last hour in this world because it's the most essential, because it's, it's, it's encapsulating your story, not just like another aspect of the Jewish experience and some, you know, some nice idea, no, 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 but, but what it's all about, mamish, what it's all about. literally This is it. And so mamish, we have to spend these 24 hours literally as if it was our last 24 hours, what we would do. And we have that ability again through the wine, but through the ara, through the illumination that's shining on that day. That's the Indian of Dibor. Maisa, the kids are Nimrats. We have no time left. I want to sing one more niggin and I'll let you go. But one, one last thing in the Nikuta of Maisa, just to prepare in a way of hachana. Very briefly, our four mitzvahs hayoyim and purim. Very, very quickly, just one idea, beremez, to help us prepare. 
Mikra Megillah, what's our consciousness? What's our frame of mind? What's happening when we're reading the Megillah? The Kedusha Slavi says, again, there's thousands of ideas from the Svarim. We can't go into all of it now. We have no time left. We already didn't have time 20 minutes ago. I apologize. But in the Nakuda of the Berdichevers Torah, he says that at the time that we're reading the Megillah, because the nace of Purim was besoch teva, it happened in a completely, apparently natural way. And that itself is the reference to Hashem's dear betachdonim, how God is working, working in the deepest depth of nature, where the name of God is not even mentioned, but it's all God, because it's all God. So every word of the Megillah is His name, even if His name is not explicitly mentioned, but all of life is God. All of nature is God. At that moment, says the Bredichver, nature is imbued with a proliferation of godliness. And we're able to look around us, even basically at the ceiling and Mikra Megillah, while the, while the Megillah is being read, at the floor, at the people around us, and Mamish Siya Kadesh Baruch Because there's a certain illumination that's being implanted within nature when the Megillah is being read, that's the Megillah. The Indian of Shalach Manas Ishlari Eyu, of course, on a basic halachic level, means to give things, right? To give Shalach Manas with all the, with all the halachas, different kinds of, 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 of minim and so on and so forth. To whom? How many? But HaKadosh Baruch is also called Ish. And we are called Re'ehu. Hashem says, Lamana Chai V'Re'ah. He's talking about us. He is the Ish Melchama. And we are his friends, so to speak. And so on Purim, as we're giving Shalach Manas, we're awakening up the Indian that Hashem is sending us packages. Shalach Manas, Ish, L'Re'ehu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also giving us things to keep that in mind. As we give something to our friend, every single action we take down here is awakening something Lamala. And that's what it's awakening at that moment. We give something to someone else and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us an amazing, amazing spiritual illumination. That Indian of a new beginning, of a new beginning. That's Shalach Manas. The Indian of Matanas Lavyonim, very basically, it's such a beautiful thing because we give tzedakah the whole year to paupers. But not do we ever give tzedakah on the same day that we're also giving gifts to our friends. So the rest of the year, the pauper, he takes what you give him, but he still feels a little bit ki'ilu as if he feels, I'm a pauper, he's only giving to me because I'm destitute, because I'm poor. But gewalt on Purim, when it's the day of Shalach Manas, so the pauper starts to think, hey, maybe he's giving money, not because I'm a pauper, but maybe Mamash, I'm his friend. Maybe Mamish, this is also Bechin of Shalach Manas. And so many times we feel that Hashem is giving us things because we're paupers, what can we do? We're nebuchs. But all of a sudden, Gesundheit, all of a sudden, on Purim we realize that Hashem is giving us everything Mamish because He's our friend. It's all, of, it's all an Indian of Shalach Manas, Ishleri Eyu. And finally, the drinking we already talked about, Adelo Yada. Get to a level beyond the consciousness of good things I did, bad things I did. It's, it's, it's not the nose, it's not the topic, it's not the time for that. Yom Kippur will go through the whole litany of, of things we need to correct. Purim is not that. It's Eitz Chaim. It's the essential holiness of who we are, the deepest desire of what we want. The deepest secret of our holiness is emerging, and that's the Indian of, uh, of, of, of Yayin. And so I bless us all. Rabbi Nachman says that Purim is the beginning. He says it used to be that all beginnings were from Pesach. But he says, and now, and it's, a, it's like a hidden thing because he didn't complete the sentence. It just says dot, dot, dot. And in parentheses, it says Veloisiim. Rabbi Nachman didn't, didn't finish. He didn't say what and now, and now what? Where are all the beginnings from now? But Rabbi Nassim and the Tzadikim say that, and now the beginnings are from Purim. Those words, Veloisiim, are Gematria Natsach. It's a hint to Purim, also Gematria Nachman. But that's a separate conversation. But it's really not. It's the same thing. But because this is what Rabbi Nachman brought to the world, is to remind us of this. Ain Shemiyush, never to give up, never to give up. But this is the Nakuda of Eloisiyim. Purim is the beginning. So, Chevra, I'm telling you, it makes no difference what you did or what you've been doing or what you're trapped in and what you've been trying to break out of for a thousand years. It comes Purim, it's something else. It's the day that can give us the ability to start fresh, fresh, mamish, fresh. One last line I'll say and then we'll sing. I apologize for keeping you, but it's, there's so much. This is just a tip of an ayam. One last line, mamish, I promise, and then I'll finish. The Pasuk says in the Megillah, lasos kirtzon ishve'ish. This is too good not to say. It's just one thing and then we'll finish. Lasos kirtzon, I said this previous years also. Lasos kirtzon ishve'ish. Which means that lasos kirtzon ishve'ish on a simple level is that the king, Achashverus, is telling that everybody at the Suda should, should be given what they want, what their desire is. Lasas Kiritzayin Ish Ve'ish. Say Chazal, Kiritzayin Ish is a reference to Mordechai, who's called Ish Yehudi. The Ish, the man, is a reference, say Chazal, to Haman. Ish Tsar He's also called Ish. 
says, I think it's Rabbi Ramsey Kluger with the Tzadikim, right? Rabbi Kluger with the Tzadikim say this. I know it's from. I just got back from Uman last night. Rabbi Kluger? Yeah. Amazing. Miraculously. <laughs> so Rabbi Kluger says, what the Tzadikim say, that Vaish, which is a reference to Haman, is the same letters as Yush, despair. That's what Amalek wants to attack us with. That the Eva, the desire is gone, you've broken it, you're finished, Harsinai, you have no connection, it's conditional, and that's it, story's over. But the word Ish, that's a reference to Mordechai Hevra, and what this will finish is Rosh Hatevis, Ein Shum Yish. There's no despair in the world. So Va'ish, which is Haman, is the letters Yish. But Ish, which is a reference to Mordechai, it's Rosh Hatevis, Ein Shum Yish. And so that's really the message. And with this, we'll sing Mamash Rabbi Nachman's you know, words. And that niggin, ancient Yish, but that's what it is. We come at the Purim, make sure to get good and drunk, but in a holy way, in such a holy way to be lifted out of your consciousness, no inhibition. Be as you really are, just for one day, as you really, really are. B'machshava, Dibor, and Maisa. Ah, who can wait? I can barely, I can barely, I can barely breathe. I'm so excited. Chazay Hashem. So, Chavra, please join me for a niggin. And thank you so, so much for listening. I apologize for the link. Hey, 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 hey,
זה ככה רוצה, אהי. Whenever I have copies, Chazi Hashem of my brand, brand new book just came out, Mamish, two weeks ago, this week. So copies are available for sale for 80 shekel, the cash is accepted, Ramo has different links that people can pay, PayPal, QuickPay, and so on. It's something very, very special, I'm not going to go into the whole thing now, but it's Baruch Hashem. If you appreciated what we spoke about tonight, there's that and an infinite amount more in this book. So, L'chaim Chever, we have copies here. Okay, a big thank you to our Yaakov Klein. Uh, I highly recommend the safer, either me or a